Please have a seat as we begin once more to look at a miracle that Jesus uh, gave in Galilee. It's the second one, as our gospel reading said. And before we get there, I, I just want to talk about words, because words matter, and how and when we use them matter. And so I, I have a confession, all right? I had a home base of growing up in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm a Pacific Northwesterner at heart, a Washingtonian, if you want to go even deeper. But as you look at these screens, you probably say, oh yeah, it's raining. Yeah. Uh, we in the Pacific Northwest have four words for rain, right? So it's either misting, or it's sprinkling, or it's raining, or it's a downpour. So I see this, and I see a rain and a downpour, right? Uh, where we're at, and our backgrounds, and kind of who we're talking to, they form the words that we use with each other. And Paul knew that as he was writing to the church in Corinth. And so as he's writing to the church in Corinth, he kind of puts people into two camps. The first camp is those that know the Spirit, and the other is those who are without the Spirit. Another translation is the people who, who are a natural person and someone who is a spiritual person. And we see that the natural person, those without the Spirit, use words for kind of a self-preservation. It's all about me, myself, and I. And so words oftentimes become transactional. I'll do this if you do that. If I give you this, I expect that. And so it becomes more about what can I get out of it for me, right? And, and that's, that's where a lot of people around us are. But then the spiritual person looks at things in a little bit different light. It's not all about me. It's all about Jesus. And because of that, it in turn becomes transformational. The words of Jesus that we see and hear and learn transform us. So that our words are no longer about me, myself, and I, but about building people up. About supporting and encouraging them. It's about helping people get connected to Jesus to be transformed by his word. All right, so words. The words of our gospel today and the official son and the miracle that happened. In this story, we see some characters. It's, it's Jesus and this official. Now, this is a kind of an intimate thing. It's just the two of them. We don't really hear about the disciples and crowds and other people like we do in other stories of Jesus. And so this is a really one-on-one -on -one piece. And the official really wants his son to be healed. He believes that Jesus can do this for him. But Jesus comes back and you people will never believe unless I show you signs. But there's a persistence with the official. No, I, I believe your words are good enough, right? I believe you. I, you can heal my son. Heal him. And so it happens. Go, and your son will be healed. And the story goes on, and it says, he took him at his word. Another word for that is, he believed him, and he went on his way. In this story, we see this phrase, your son will be healed, 
your son will live twice. So we know that that's an important piece of the puzzle. We know that in that moment, there's a miracle that happened. There's a transformation from death to life, right? So this son, this boy who was nearly dead, is now fully alive and ready to go. But the other thing we see in this story that's important for us is this word belief. We know that if something is repeated in a, in a narrative, in a story in the Bible, like three times, that it catches our attention and it's, whoa, yeah, okay. Let's dive deeper into that. And so this word, if we go back to the original language, if we go back into the Greek, Greek it's pistis. And pistis, if we do a dive and we do some research on it, it takes us to this and it means faith. And so in our English translations, it's translated faith, belief, trust, confidence, faithfulness. So we see this over and over and over again in the Bible. How these things create faith. It is connected to what we believe, and we believe in Jesus. And so we have tools to help us as we learn about what God has in his word for us. For me, one of those tools that I use a lot is BibleHub.com. And here's just one of the tools on there. It's called a Strong's Concordance. And a concordance is a book that breaks down every word of the Bible to help us gain a better understanding of what that word is and where it's used in the Bible. And so if we do a deep dive into this, we see that pistis, this word, is used time and time and time again. And it points us to Jesus. Here in this story, we see that the words that Jesus uses points the official to a strengthened faith. He knew who Jesus was. He knew he could do it. And when he actually did it, the official ran to his house. He believed, and so did his household. It was something that was transformational. It meant that they couldn't just stay the same. Something had to change. And it had to change because everything pointed to Jesus and his promises that he would always care, he would always love, he'd always forgive, and that brings hope into our lives. If we look at Hebrews 11.1, 1, which is one of our other readings for this morning, we get an idea of what faith means in these words. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for, an everlasting life. Confidence that there's more to the story and assurance about what we do not see. We have an assurance that Jesus' promises are true because we know he went to the cross for us. And coming off the cross into the grave and raising again on the third day means something. It means that we have someone to believe in. Someone who keeps his promises. Someone who is there no matter what. And so we see that time and time again, as we look at the miracles in the Bible, they point us to a strengthened faith in Jesus. We, we know who Jesus is, and sometimes we need our faith strengthened. We need to, to know what we believe and to grab a hold of it and keep it tight and close. 
So in Jesus' words, go, your son lives, we see a transformation. And we know that God's word is transformational in us too because of that faith that we have, that his promises are all true. As Luther taught about miracles, he says this, we're so accustomed to find grain that grows out of the ground annually and are so blinded by this, we pay no attention to it. For what we daily see and hear, we do not consider a miracle. And yet, it is a great miracle. You see, daily we're in God's word. And we can grab from that things that strengthen our faith. But we also see with our eyes things like sunrises and sunsets, grass that grows, We see rainbows. We see the transformation that happens in a butterfly. And we're reminded of the promises of Jesus because that's where we go, right? Where faith is strengthened in those small miracles. And the words that we know and that we use to describe Jesus matter because they stick with us. And when times get hard, we can lean on them even more. For the, the official, as his son is healed, those words were transformational. And we see the outcome. We see how he lives it out. Because he believed and so did his household. So the question is then, what are the words that, that we grab a hold of? What are the words that sink into us? So that we can say those same things. We believed and so did our household. That we can live it out. What it means to be Jesus' hands and feet. Well, some of those words come with knowing that that we're all miracles. I mean, the gift of life is a miracle and that is amazing. But we're also a miracle because we hold true to what God has told us. Uh, Back in 325 A.D., A bunch of church leaders got together because some people started talking about Jesus in a different way. And the church leaders wanted to come together and they said, well, you know what? We really need a a way of talking about Jesus that will unify us as a body. That we can say together, we can profess together and know deep down that this is who Jesus is. This is what we believe and we can take it to the world around us and spread it throughout the world. And it's got to be based on the scripture, and it's got to be something that we can, we can hold on to dearly. And so they did that. And in 325 AD, there was this council in Nicaea. And from that, we get the Nicene Creed. That's the creed that we speak of uh, and, and we profess when we have communion. There's another creed that unifies the church body as well. That's the Apostles' Creed. You see, these are words of faith that direct us to Jesus because he's transformational in our lives. And it gives us something to say. It gives us words that sink deep into who we are as we profess who Jesus is in our lives. And so we're going to take a minute and we're going to say the Apostles' Creed together right here and right now. You can stand if you'd like, because that's our tradition here. But if you don't want to, if you want to sit and say these words together, that's fine as well. But I want you to think about 
How are these words transformational in your life? I believe in God, the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. And as we say those words together, we're reminded of the biblical story, of the story of Jesus, and, and how as we're pointed to Jesus, as we're connected to Jesus, our lives are transformed. And so we can stand together and we can profess that creed all together. So what are the words that are transformational for you? Right now, what are you reading? What are you hearing? What are you listening to that's transformational for you right now? For some of us, we, we've taken on a month of rest because uh, Celine Newman, our director of belonging, has lifted that up as a, a practice for us to dive into, that we're called to in Scripture to, to rest and, and be in his word. Others are trying to read through the Bible in a year, And I'm doing that right now. If you want to join me on a Bible project, read through in a year, let me know. I'll invite you in, right? Others of us, it's it's trying to just come back and and be in worship in some form or fashion here or online and with a community that we are supported and we're encouraged in. And in all of these things, we get a chance to be strengthened in our own faith knowing that God's word is transformational for us because it points us to Jesus so that we can point others to him and we can be his hands and feet where he gives us the words to use to the people around us. My hope is that he puts someone in your life this week that you can have the words of transformation for, that you can have words that say, you know what, I I know who Jesus is, let me help you know who he is as well. Maybe not in that exact term, but something about love and forgiveness and hope that we have that have transformed us, that could be transformational for someone else. My hope is that you're able to share that with someone this week. Because God's word transforms us as it points us to Jesus. Amen? Amen. We spend a moment now just in reflection on what what God has for us this week, transformational, and who he might be putting in our life. And we give back to him with our first fruits.